Hi, everyone. My name is Anel, and I'm a sociophobe. I bet you can name at least two friends or yourself and say, so what's the big deal? We're all kind of sociophobes. But no, guys. If it's a way of life, maybe it's no big deal, but it's quite another thing when it's a diagnosis made by a psychotherapist. And that's the diagnosis I got. Not too long ago, I went to the mall. It doesn't happen very often. I prefer to order everything through delivery. But that day, I needed to buy something home at the request of my mother, and I agreed. I put my hood on, put my headphones in my ears, and walked, looking under my feet. I didn't like people looking at me, looking at things. I liked being at home, just sitting in my room. For this reason, I even refused to go to school, and my mother hired a tutor to work with me at home. It took three years before I got used to it. So as soon as I walked into the mall, I heard through my headphones that there was some kind of show going on. It was like they were playing a game or selling something. I walked quickly past, bought the plates that my mother had asked for, and went towards the exit. But then I noticed that I had bumped into someone else's feet. It was the presenter with his microphone. Oh no, I thought to myself. He spoke loudly into the microphone that I had stepped out of the circle and become a contestant. And then he asked my name. Name? Yes, the beautiful lady's name. Tell me your name. What is your name? Um. No, don't be shy. Just say your name. An- Anel? Anel, what a beautiful name. Well, Anel, I have good news for you. You just got a chance to win a wonderful gift. An iPhone. All you have to do is to perform the song I tell you to, okay? Are you kidding? No way. It's your day, Anel. Are you ready? I looked at the people, the crowd standing around me. Everyone was watching. Some were pointing and laughing. Some had their phones out and were taking pictures. I felt pressure in my temples. My heart was racing and my legs and arms were trembling. And now you don't have to worry so much. It's okay. Just repeat after me. He started humming a song under his breath. I cringed and felt nauseous. Don't open your mouth. What if you embarrass yourself? What will all these people think of me? I've got to get out of here. Thoughts flitted chaotically through my head. I felt really sick. I greedily gulped the air with my lips, and I couldn't pull myself together. I took a step forward to leave, but I lost my balance and dropped the bag of dishes. The plates shattered. I screamed and ran away in tears. I ran home, locked myself in my room, and immediately drank my medicine. For about another hour, I could not calm down, and then my mother came into the room. Hi, daughter. How are you? I just got home from work. Hi. Did you get what I asked for? I did. Oh, thank you. Where are they? I broke them. What? There were people there. They dragged me into a circle, and I was there, and I... and I... My mother gasped and ran up to me and hugged me. She apologized for asking me to go to a crowded place, knowing about my diagnosis. Mom, why is it like this? Why am I not like other normal people? I don't know, daughter, I don't know, but we have been to so many doctors. I promise you, we will find out what the reason is. All psychologists said the same thing. To find the cause, you have to face your fear. But that was the reason. I had no idea what the fear was or where it came from. My mom thinks I got the fear when she took me on a ride when I was seven years old. I remember that day, but I don't remember being afraid of anything there. It seemed to me like any other day, only for some reason it didn't make me happy. I had been looking forward to it so much, I could not understand why I wasn't delighted. And my mother did not like to talk about that day, 
just like she did about all the other days. That period in my life was especially mysterious to me, and it didn't really bother me until I met an interesting man. I was on my way to the drugstore to get another batch of medicine for myself. The line was long and I was beginning to get tense. I heard my ragged breathing and realized that I was about to get bombed. Not now, not now, I said to myself. Then some guy came up to me. He looked pretty fucked up. He looked me straight in the eye and smiled. He came up to me, stood next to me, and was like, Hi, Anel. Who are you? Have you forgotten how to say hello? You used to be so friendly. Who are you? Don't you remember me? Can someone like me possibly be forgotten? Eh? What do you want from me? I just wanted to say hello. Then the pharmacist asked me what I wanted, and I asked for my medication. He knew right away they were psychotropics. He said, Wow, you're still taking them? Is it that bad? How's your mom doing? Was it after me that things got so sad for you? I took the pills and headed for the exit, but he followed me outside. Wait, you really don't remember me? I walked toward the house as fast as I could. He ran after me, but I got away in time. I told my mom about it, and she didn't say anything. And then she said that apparently some crazy person thought I was someone else. At night, I had a dream that this man was living in our house. I didn't understand why he was walking, eating, and sleeping in our house. And then I dreamed creepy scenes where he mocked me and called me Annie, not Annelle, but Annie. No one else had ever called me that in my life. I woke up in a cold sweat. It was morning. My mother and I had to go to a psychologist for another session. I couldn't stand it because the doctors were always asking questions, which made me nervous. I hate hospitals. But that day, I decided to share my dream with her, and the psychologist asked a couple of questions to my mom, and mom just shook her head, like we've lived our whole lives just the two of us. After the session, mom went to the store to buy some juice, and I stayed in the car. Someone knocked in the window, and I saw him again. I was so scared. What do you want? You're confusing me with someone else. No, I wouldn't mix you up with anybody, Annie. What did you say? You really don't remember me. My nightmare was coming true. I felt so uncomfortable. Who are you? What do you want? Now I'm just getting interested. He left without saying anything. No sooner had we moved than the tire blew out. What is it, a flat tire? In the street, we saw it was. Where did this nail come from? Hello, hello, girls. You! What are you doing here? Mom, do you know him? Of course she does, doesn't she, dear? Who is he, Mom? Nobody. He's a criminal. Call a cab. He took the phone out of my hands and asked me not to hurry away. Then he opened the door of his car and asked me to get in. He threatened my mother with something, that he would tell me something awful, then she agreed. We got into his car and he drove towards the end of town. On the way, the creep asked my mother to give him money. He asked for a large sum and mom refused, of course. Then he said she would be sorry. Annie, your mother and I used to date. Didn't she tell you? On days when she wasn't home, do you remember what I did? He asked. What? Mom cried, telling me not to listen to him. He started saying horrible things, things from my dream. Like me being undressed and pushed out into the street, people laughing at me and him standing there smiling. He did that whenever I disobeyed him. 
I screamed so hard and he laughed. My mom couldn't take it anymore and twisted the steering wheel. The car started swaying from side to side and he lost control. We crashed into a pole. I was fine and so was my mom, but his arm got hurt. Mom grabbed me. The police drove by just in time and he was arrested again. After that incident, we went to see a psychologist again and again. As it turned out, my mother had blocked the memories with hypnosis and they were erased, but not from my mind. As a consequence of this trauma, I developed mental disorders. My mother, as soon as she found out about his tricks, immediately filed a police report against him and he was arrested. Many years had passed since then and now he got out of jail. My mother said that there was nothing to do with money. The man was just crazy. He just enjoyed watching on as he ruined our lives, especially mine. There are plenty of crazy people like that around the world. I wonder how many children have suffered because of them. My psychologist was right about something. As soon as I faced my fear, it became clear where to start the fight. It's been two months since then. I can't say I've become super sociable, but at least I'm already shopping for myself. That's something. Hello, hello. Woody is talking to you. I am a very emotional and bright person. Maybe that's why my strict dad often jokes about me being thrown. Yes, I don't look like any of my family members, my mother is a librarian, and my father is an accountant, so this is an interesting symbiosis in the form of me. I have not all like a normal people, so often my mother used to say and the way it is. I'm a strange person, but it only makes my life more interesting. Well, okay, now I'm going to tell you about a story how much I once became interested in turtles. Why them? Have you watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Well, at least once? I just love them. Once I was so stuck that I even bought a white rat, but otherwise it was a small matter. The main thing is that I also love pizza. So watch, enjoy, listen carefully, and then write your opinion in the comments. And don't forget to put likes. You can write now and subscribe to this channel. As I said, I was always an active child as a child. I'm not that type of person who is sitting in one place. I have always have to be somewhere or with someone. It seems to me that if I stop, I will get stuck in a routine and everything that will finish me. That's how my ancestors. You won't find old people more boring anywhere. They have only one joy after a long working week. To stay at home to watch TV late, or at most to meet friends in a bar not far from home. We didn't go anywhere with them, either to nature or to a picnic. For as long as I can remember, our house has always been quiet, and my mother is a librarian. She just can't stand the noise. I'm surprised how she raised me, or I wasn't allowed to yell or my mother doesn't tell me anything. Well, that is generally a separate story. He is always with the calculator, always. We have a calculator in the living room, in the kitchen, in their bedroom, in the toilet, in his car. I do not know what the hell he is so much, but he sometimes sits in front of the TV, watch the series and he jumps off and starts to quickly count something, and then calms down and sit down to watch more. I read that when a person works at the same workplace for too long, then over time they grow into each other with work and then it turns out like my father, men in glasses, who looked 45 years old in their 35 and almost all of them have a bald spot on top. It's all because of nerves. Of course, dad is responsible for the money. Growing up, I realized that I didn't want to live like this, so my interests changed depending on the day of the week, the weather, and my mood. I made it a habit not to sit still, not to engage in routine. Well, from here I had music classes, then I did karate, boxing, drawing, went swimming, judo, tried to fish, did a little singing, danced, 
went to driving and failed, I tried to cook, blog. In short, what I just did not do and all of the following are hobbies for 1.5 years. Think about it. Of course my parents grumbled how it can be, father was saying, that I should be more stable, but I don't like so. Even word stability I don't like. And then I became interested in turtles. It all started with the movie starring the gorgeous Megan Fox. I know there's still a cartoon, but I liked the movie better. So I was so interested in the film that I also wanted to try to live like them. What if even the turtles survived? Couldn't I? According to the stories, the turtles were sheltered by rats in the sewers, who became their wise and fair teacher in the future. I had a teacher myself, so I packed up some things and went looking for a convenient sewer. Before I left, my father stopped me on the doorstep. He asked where I was going, and I told the truth. I don't know if he believed me at the time, but he said it was time for me to grow up. I was offended. Even if I grow up, I don't want to be like them and my mom. I packed up and went. On the way, I thought that I can try to live there. Who knows? Maybe there are turtles. I had to walk five blocks from the house to find an open hatch. I put on a green suit and blindfold beforehand. Well, I imagined myself as a turtle and climbed down. Oh, you should have seen people's faces when I was climbing in. I waved at them and jumped. Well, as soon as I landed, such an unpleasant smell hit my nose. It was worse than the smell of poop. But no, I'm lying. It felt like I was breathing it and a trash can to boot. My face involuntarily crinkled into a grimace like that of a toothless old man. I covered my nose with my hand, turned on the flashlight with the other, and walked on. I tried to find a more or less suitable place to sleep. After walking 10 meters, I realized that I was already more or less used to the smell, but it still becomes harder to breathe. Apparently, there is no air at all deeper inside. It was also so dark that even my flashlight could be seen at a distance of 1 meter. Sometimes I heard sounds, like the rumbling of a hungry stomach. Horror, I thought for a second that someone wants to eat me. As soon as I walked another couple of meters, I felt something soft under my feet. I sharply turned the flashlight under my foot and saw a rat. She was eating something there. Ah! I screamed so loud that I was afraid of my own screams. Splinter, is that you? I asked the rat and so suddenly stood up on its hind legs and how it squeaks, looking into my eyes. Ah! Help! I shouted and from fear and ran straight. There were tangled knots in the form of several passages. I lost my bearings and realized with horror that I was lost. I started having a panic attack and I started to choke. Or maybe I had a lack of oxygen from which I already started hallucinating, or maybe I didn't have any. I don't know for sure, but when I was running, running, at some point I got very tired and fell straight to the ground. I forgot to say that there was water everywhere. Not only did I stink all over, but I was also wet. But at that point, I didn't care. I wanted to get out. After a while, I sat down and just sat there, shining my flashlight into the unknown and having no idea how to get out. I found it so hard to breathe that I even put my hand on my chest to check if I was breathing properly. I began to have all sorts of strange thoughts, as if I saw that the rat actually turned into a splinter, stood in front of me, and then grabbed my hand. At first I resisted, shouted, called for help, and he was like, I'll show you the way, and took me in his arms. He carried me slowly on his shoulder all the way, and I waited for the moment when I would see the turtles. What are the names of your turtles? Do you like pizza like me? Will you teach me how to fight? Do you have children? Where did you learn to fight like that? My mouth just wouldn't shut up. I wanted to know everything. After he put me down on the floor, I thanked him, calling him a teacher. I asked him to show me where I would sleep, 
and then I asked him to order food and thought, how do they find the delivery address? Splinter, splinter, teacher, I called to the rat, and I didn't understand why he was looking at me so strangely. And as if through my mind I hear the phrase, what a splinter I am to you. Hey man, come to your senses, shouted the masked man and put oxygen to my nose and mouth. I didn't immediately catch up with what was happening. I was taken somewhere in a car with flashing lights, and only then, when I came to, my father was sitting next to me and mumbling something. In short guys, in the sewer I started hypoxia is a lack of oxygen in the brain, plus there was an unbearable smell. It turned out to be poisonous to health. So I started hallucinating. I didn't actually run anywhere, I was sitting there on the ground the whole time, getting very wet and started to run away. My screams were heard by passers-by, they also called rescuers, and they invited my parents to the hospital. In general, the adventure turned out to be so-so. I also wanted to live there for a while. To be honest, I didn't think I was putting myself in such danger. For me, everything was kind of fun or new, but one thing I learned for sure is that I won't go there again. A couple of months later, Christmas was approaching and my parents gave me four turtles. Yes, it was such a joke, as a reminder of my mistakes. I promised them to come to their senses and not risk their health again. Since then, I haven't experimented so much, and I haven't watched fantasy, and you never know what else I might think. Would you risk going down the drain? I dashed along the hallway, then skidded to a halt in front of the classroom door. Ah, I was late. Again! Miss Anderson, what's your excuse today? Morning, sir. I'm sorry, but my spaniel hit me shoes, then I tripped over a package by my front door, then my heap of a junk car wouldn't start, and that's enough. Good God. Please sit down. Ashley already took attendance. What? So much for my perfectly crafted excuse. Mr. O'Shaughnessy totally would have let it slide, but she had to ruin it. I'm Ashley. I'm pretty. I'm perfect. Everybody likes me. Well, no one likes teacher's pets, Ashley. Think I'm being too harsh on her? <laughs> Just ask anyone about Ashley Mae Anderson. Ashley's father's a vet with a Medal of Valor. They even had dinner with the president at the White House. For her sweet 16, she rented out the swankiest club downtown for an entire weekend. And David Guetta DJed. Ashley dated two college boys at the same time, and when they found out, things got physical. Okay, okay, maybe not all of that was true, but who cares? Look, the main character here is me. Hi, my name's Ashley Mae Anderson. I know, what a freaky coincidence, right? But that's the only thing we had in common. Because unlike popular Ashley, I'm just a normal teen who's just minding her own business. But then she transferred here and messed up everything. This happens every time I open my locker. And they're not addressed to me, but to Ashley. Jeez, why do boys go so cuckoo bananas over that pretentious princess? I gathered that whole cluster and dumped them on Ashley's desk. Here's your delivery for the day. Oh, I have no use for those things. You can keep them if you want. <laughs> How snobby. I know those rumors weren't all lies. Alright, if you said so. Being mistaken for Ashley was so annoying that I did consider putting a sign on my locker or something. But I suppose sometimes it actually had its perks. Like when I accidentally knocked over a trash can in the school's parking lot. But upon knowing my name, the janitor said my father was his commanding officer back in the day and let me off. And believe it or not, these mix-ups didn't only happen at school.
Once, my family went out for dinner and the staff at this restaurant thought we were the other Andersons. They must be some really important people cause the super attentive waiters topped up our drinks for free and gave us complimentary desserts. Pretty sweet, right? Only when we were leaving, things almost went south when the manager shook my dad's hand and said, Thank you for your service. My dad seemed confused, but fortunately, I dragged him away before they busted us. I mean, Ashley's been enjoying these privileges her entire life, so it's fair I benefit a little from them. Especially since I have to endure being called her Walmart version. Anyway, back to me. I arrived home to find a teary-eyed girl sitting on her front porch. She must be one of Billy's exes. If your brother's a jock that all girls flock around, you'd get used to this real soon. He went through girlfriends quicker than hair gel, and he always had some peeves about them, like Mandy, too clingy, Katie, too dramatic, Maggie, too flirty. The list goes on. Then, as soon as my backpack hit the bedroom floor, my door burst open. Hey, I need your help. What? Need a hand to make up with Cry Barbie out there? She's ancient history. Check this out. Her name's Jane Brown. Ain't she a beaut? I immediately recognized her. She's the waitress that he kept eyeing the other day. Now, he needed my help to ask her out and not seem creepy. So, I suggested taking her to his friend Alexander's party this weekend. How do you know about that? Isn't that cool people exclusive? As if I wanted to. I was added to their group chat by accident because they thought I was Ashley. <laughs> right. Hot Ashley. You should come too. I'll be with Jane, but Victor will be there. Wait, I'll see my crush at that stupid party? Sign me up then. Jocks, cheerleaders, stuck-up kids. This place was packed with people like Billy. My brother briefly introduced me to the host Alexander, while Madison followed him around looking all shy and gooey-eyed. Wasn't she bothered that all Alexander seemed to care about was if anyone had seen Ashley? I also got to officially meet Jane, but the person I was looking for was Victor. He's so much more than just a cute face in the crowd. He's the peanut butter to my jelly. But before I could talk to him, a bunch of dudes popped out of nowhere. This is Ashley? Oh man, I thought she was supposed to be pretty. No offense though. She's a six if you squint hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm squinting now and you're barely even a two yourself. No offense though. What, what did, did you, you say? say? <laughs> Don't worry, you could still go after pretty girls. They just need a crate of fear first. The crowd suddenly felt silent and stared at us. This party is so lame. Peace out, losers. Anywhere is better than that stuffy elitist hellhole, but it's a bummer I didn't get to talk to Victor. He's Billy's best bro and used to come hang out at our place pretty much every day, but not anymore. Guess he's been avoiding me ever since I told him I had feelings for him. <sighs> I was going to settle things with him tonight, but those jerks ruined it. Do I need to print my own t-shirt saying, I'm Ashley, you must be looking for Ashley? The next day, while looking for Victor, I heard someone calling my name. But I turned around only to see Alexander calling for, ugh, Ashley. So annoying. I saw him make a move on her, but she said guys like him bored her, then proceeded to list all his flaws. Oof, harsh. From then on, I tried my best to avoid Ashley, and thought my life would be light and breezy. But nope. On the contrary, I found myself in a series of unfortunate events. 
One day, a stack of religious magazines randomly showed up on our doorstep. But the real kicker was, they were all addressed specifically to me! And there was absolutely no way to convince my family and neighbors that I wasn't a member of the Church of Scientology. Two days later, all of my clean clothes had some weird stains and holes on them. I had to beg Billy to lend me some of his. That day, I went to school in an old jersey, looking like a midget. <sighs> then, this Monday, I became the center of attention by showing up with my face covered in pimple patches and band-aids. Well, that's because I woke up to countless cystic acne and didn't have enough patches. This resulted in me being called the mummy for five days straight. But the final straw was my car having two flat tires. The clock was ticking, so I asked Billy to take me to school. However, he just flat out refused, saying he'd already promised to pick Jane up. No other choice, I had to ride my old bike. When I saw Billy's car in the driveway, my pettiness got the better of me, so I splashed my half-empty milk carton over the windshield. I'm on my way. Oh my god, you little brat! Sorry babe, you won't believe what my sister just did! Seeing Billy's reaction was chef's kiss. <laughs> you got it coming, big bro. The next day, my car was fixed, so I managed to get to school early. Looks like my string of bad luck was finally over. Okay, let's see who wants to confess to Queen Ashley today. From... Victor? Oh no, why him? I stood there, frozen with a letter in my hand, still processing the situation when a friend came and showed me something on her phone. It's a video of me singing and dancing in my room! No one's supposed to see this, ever! It had been uploaded by some throwaway account, but who else could it be but... Jesus Christ! Billy! I rushed home to see Billy and Jane cuddling in the living room. How's he still so calm after pulling that on me? I confronted him, and he didn't even bother denying it, and even said that's what I deserved for vandalizing his car. We screamed and shouted at each other, but before we ended up in a fistfight, he stopped and stumped off to his room. I was still fuming, glaring at his shadow, when I saw Jane gawping at me in delight. Don't blame your poor brother too much, dear. It was I who pulled the strings. What? Jane? But why? We'd barely even interacted. Then she went on about all of my mishaps lately were her doings. Yep, my so-called bad luck, it had been Jane all along. That's for stealing Alexander from my sister. He's her first love. Do you know how heartbroken Zoe has been? Wait, Zoe who? And why on earth would I choose to mingle with that playboy Alex? Kudos to this girl for thinking I could ever steal someone's boyfriend. Hello, I'm still struggling with my lifelong crush over here. I tried to tell her she made a mistake, but she wouldn't listen. Stop denying it. I know it's you. You're East High's Ashley with a vet dad. That checked all the boxes already. Hold up. There's another Ashley Mae Anderson in our school. She's Ashley with EY. I'm Ashley, E-I-G-H. Her dad is a war veteran. My father is a veterinarian. Oh, snap. Good lord. She devised this intricate plan, approached Billy just to make it work, and was successful for the most part. Well, apart from having the wrong person. Just amazing. Jane apologized and promised to take down the video. However, she wanted me to help her take revenge on Ashley in return. I didn't want to get involved, but I also never wanted to be on her bad side again, so I reluctantly agreed. 
but if you think about it, Jane's story didn't quite add up. Ashley seemed to have a holier-than-thou attitude and had dozens of admirers waiting in line. Why would she get in between them? Not to mention, Alexander's a notorious player who Ashley already ruthlessly rejected. I believe there's more to this. As expected, thanks to that video, my school life was now even more awkward than usual. But it didn't matter, as I was too preoccupied with Operation Ashley. Today's mission, approach her after cheerleading practice. I stood in the corner behind the bleacher, waiting for my chance. But before I showed myself, I saw Madison march over, say something to Ashley, then storm off. After that, Ashley started sobbing? I didn't know what happened, but I felt bad for her. So I tried comforting her, but she kept brushing me off. Look, you can keep the Ice Queen act all you want, but I know you have feelings too. I thought you might have something else you want to share with me, not just the name. And it was like I pulled a lever that let out all of her bottled up emotions, and we had a heart-to-heart -heart all afternoon. Just as I thought, things weren't what they seemed. We'd better talk this through with one another. So I set up a meeting at a cafe in the South Coast Plaza, as they wouldn't dare to cause a scene in public, right? Anyway, Ashley clarified that Alexander and her weren't a thing while assuring Zoe that she deserved a guy much better than him. But Alex was really sweet to me. He gave me this present on our one-month anniversary. Did he say it's his grandmother's? Yeah, he tried giving me an identical one on my birthday. I'd say you dodged a bullet when you two broke up. Please, look at yourself first. You two flirt with boys left and right and still act all high and mighty. Get off that high horse. Ashley seemed genuinely hurt by Jane's words that it took her a while to speak up. I'm just sick and tired of being the popular girl who has to live up to everyone's expectations. It's too exhausting. I thought transferring here would mean a fresh start, but everyone still has this impression of me which I can't seem to change. The rest of us looked at each other in confusion when we saw how sad Ashley's situation actually was. We didn't know there were so many downsides to being high school popular. Ashley, you know you can just be yourself, right? The world will have to accept you for who you truly are. If people don't like you, then so be it. Yeah, if they don't, that's their problem, not yours. You can't fit into a mold to please everyone, cause there's no such thing. I don't want to agree with her, but she has a point. Let the whole world know the real Ashley. And you too, Zoe. Someday, you'll find a good guy who loves you for yourself. Alright girls, that's settled. Now, I have to deal with my own mess. Billy found out the truth and now he's been ghosting me. But I swear to god, I'm in love with this guy. Gotta go. Bye! I couldn't believe I was rooting for my saboteur and her accomplice to be together. But here I was. Go get him, tiger! The next Monday, Ashley walked to class and had lunch with me instead of Madison and her clique. And of course, this didn't go unnoticed. You left us for her? What is she? You're not hot, sister? <laughs> Before I could clap back, Ashley stood up and unleashed her inner sass. This is me living my life as my true self. If any of you bootlickers have something to say about that, you can shove it where the sun won't shine. Sweet Mary Jesus and Holy Spirits! Who knew she had it in her? Her words completely decimated those hyenas. And suddenly, someone grabbed my wrist. Victor? Slow down! Where are you taking me? 
Besides, you got the wrong person, and also the wrong address for this. You should give it to her yourself. Actually, I sent it to the right girl, but apparently, she still hasn't opened it. Wait... What? And you're right, I should tell her myself. It's just that Billy and I made a deal that sisters are off-limits, so I thought it's better to avoid you. But hearing Ashley talk about being herself made me realize that I'm sick of hiding my feelings. I'm gonna make Billy see how sincere I am for you. Before I do that, Ashley, I like you. And, um, will you go on a date with me? Yes! Um, I mean, yeah, I suppose that would be cool. This is beyond my wildest dream! Not only do I have a brand new friend, but also a date with my dream guy! Fortune is finally smiling on me. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kira, and recently, memory lapses almost ruined my life. Now I'm back to normal and remember almost everything with ease. Well, my memory problems didn't start at birth. All junior high and first years of high school, I remembered absolutely everything. I was a great student, memorized stuff easily, and even helped my friends with their lessons. Kira has a phenomenal memory, the teacher said. She can memorize long poems, formulas, and dates very quickly. You have to use that ability. My parents were thrilled. They complimented me all the time and said that they had high hopes for my amazing memory. I won school competitions. I was the best in my class and even in the whole school. However, my triumph didn't last long. If in junior high school, they still wanted to be friends with me because I was the smartest, then in high school, of course, I had my detractors. Those of you who are at least once the best at something know how it is. One day you get a round of applause and the next day they're calling you names behind your back. That's exactly what happened to me. My first enemy was Olivia. We went to different schools in junior high, and she was the best at hers. Now she had a rival in my person. At first, Olivia took my progress as a challenge. Kira, congratulations, you did the best on the test. My teacher complimented me one day. Olivia snorted loudly and hissed, leaning toward her friend. Big deal, one time. Let's see who's the best next week. But next week too, my test was judged the best. And next week, and the next week. That's how Olivia knew I wasn't just a misunderstanding, but a real competitor and an enemy. One day, a classmate caught me in the school hallway, pinned me against the wall and blurted it out. Listen you, if you think you're the smartest, I hasten to disappoint you. I've collected every award in my school and I'm going to do it again. But what can I do if I have a perfect memory? I shrugged my shoulders. Just admit it that you're number two now, that's all. Olivia recoiled from me and stared wide-eyed. She looked like I'd punched her in the face. Number two? We'll see about that. I would do anything to make my parents proud. And the classmate wasn't lying. I wasn't too worried at the time. What's she gonna do? Kill me? That's ridiculous. I didn't even tell my parents about the story. But Olivia was determined. She and her friends were going to teach me a lesson. The girls broke into my locker, stuffed it full of books, and broke the lock. When I tried to open the locker door to put my things, it didn't open right away. I pulled the door as hard as I could. It flew open, and a ton of heavy books and textbooks fell on my head. 
In fact, that was the beginning of the worst chapter of my life. After the blows on my head, I lost consciousness. I didn't know what kind of books those bitches had put in there. Probably all the volumes of a medical encyclopedia. I woke up already in the hospital. The first thing I saw were my parents' upset faces. Kira, my mother exclaimed. How are you feeling, honey? What happened? I couldn't remember anything at all. My parents told me about the locker in the books. The doctors reassured my parents. They said it was just a minor bruise and that it wouldn't affect my life in any way. For about an hour, my mom and dad calmed me down and promised me I'd be home in a couple of days. You need more sleep now, he said. Dad stroked my head. We'll definitely visit you tomorrow. But at that moment, I suddenly looked at my parents fearfully and asked, Where am I? What happened? And that's when mom and dad realized that the bruise wasn't so minor. Yes, I had blackouts. And they reoccurred so often that every hour, my parents had to from the beginning to tell me where I was and what had happened. The doctors were just throwing up their hands. They took all the necessary x-rays and found nothing wrong. From that moment on, however, my life changed completely. At first, my parents still hoped that returning to my familiar surroundings would help me with my memory lapses. However, on the first day, I had a real tantrum when I suddenly found myself in the middle of the school hallway. I had completely forgotten how I woke up this morning, how I was going to school, and I didn't remember the way to school either. No, schooling is out of the question, said a worried dad. Only distance learning. But distance learning wasn't going to do any good either. Once I had learned something, within an hour, I couldn't remember anything I'd learned. That's how my successes ended. And most importantly, I didn't know who had set up the textbook incident. I vaguely remember disturbing Olivia's life, but I couldn't remember our last conversation or anything that might have pointed to a classmate. But I was sure that one day I would remember everything and find the culprit that was phenomenal. My memory would now be considered by the Dory Fish. About a week after, I switched. After I switched to homeschooling, someone rang our doorbell. I went downstairs and froze. Standing on the doorstep was Olivia and her friends. My mom, who had opened the door for guests, I think she was confused too. I'd been sick the whole time. None of my classmates or school friends had ever come to see me. Oh, that's right. I don't have any friends. Kira, how are you feeling? We came to check on you. Olivia seemed very sincere, and so did the girls who decided to keep her company. Seemed pretty friendly. I sent some kind of unease but I couldn't figure out what I didn't like. My mother invited my classmates into the house. She set the table and we all sat down for tea. You really don't remember anything at all? Olivia asked me thoughtfully. I remember things until I black out. I don't remember much since then, since I came to my senses. I explained. What do the doctors say? Will your memory come back? My mom explained to the girls that the doctors are trying to help me. But so far, the therapy is having very little effect. The girls were relieved and looked at each other. I was very pleased that they cared about me. However, by the end of the tea party, I had lost some of my memory again. Olivia? Girls? What are you doing here? I stared at the guests in surprise, and they stared at me. Your friends are here to see you, said my mother patiently. Friends? I don't remember having any friends at all. Olivia suddenly jumped to me and took my hand. Of course we're friends, Kira. You're so good, and you're about to be the best in school again. The girl almost cried, and I smiled back at her. Weird, 
My scrappy memories were telling me that she and I were major enemies. But how could an enemy care so much? I must have got it all wrong. One morning, my mother left me home alone. She needed to get to the office right away. I'll sign the papers and be right back, honey. Don't worry, I smiled. I'll just lie down and watch the show. Nothing will happen. But about 15 minutes after mom left, the doorbell rang. I had to go downstairs and open it. There was Olivia on the doorstep. Hi, Kira. I took the afternoon off from class and I thought, why don't we go for a walk together? You probably don't get out of the house at all. Yeah, I rarely went out and I only went out with my parents. We were always in a hurry to get back before I'd forgotten everything again. I don't even know. It was scary to leave home without my mom and dad, but Olivia was my friend. We'll just go for a ride in the park and come back. I got changed, got on my friend's bike, and we rode. We rode quite a long time. I was beginning to get worried. In general, I remembered my neighborhood, but at some point I realized I didn't recognize the houses and cafes we were passing. Aren't we far away? I got worried. No, we're right down the street. Olivia smiled. You poor thing, your memory lapses. I calmed down. Yes, it was probably my memory that was playing tricks on me again. Finally, we stopped. I got off the bike and looked around. There were only abandoned houses and deserted streets around. This isn't a park. I think I took a wrong turn. Olivia was puzzled. Let me ask someone for directions, because my phone is dead. The phone! I forgot all about it! My cell phone is on the bed in my room. I must hurry back in case my mother comes looking for me. Stay here and don't go anywhere, my friend told me and drove around the corner. And then I lost my memory again. I found myself in the middle of an unfamiliar street with no memory of how I got here. I was in such a panic. What am I going to do now? Where are my parents and where is my home? Why didn't I have my phone with me and where had all the people gone? Crying, I sat down on the sidewalk. Hey, miss. I looked up and saw a man. He was looking out the window of his car, coming out of nowhere. Is something wrong? I'm lost. I don't know where I am or how to get home. Wow. Do you remember your address? I'll give you a lift. The man seemed friendly enough. He got out of the car and headed towards me. But then my memory, which had failed me time and again, reminded me of maniacs and murderers who also look nice and then lure their victims into a trap. Stay away from me! I screamed at the top of my lungs. Miss, I'm a policeman. The man went to his pocket for some reason. I thought for sure he was going to kill me. So I jumped up and ran down the street as far as I could see. But I didn't run for long. I tripped on the uneven pavement and fell down, hitting my head as hard as I could. I woke up again in the hospital. And again, my parents were leaning over me. Kira! My mother was crying now. Did you find me? That's good. I went with Olivia and I got lost and that man. You remember everything? Yes. After another stroke, my memory magically came back to me. And now I remember everything. The feud with Olivia and her threats and how she showed up at my house pretending to be my friend. Sometimes people cross the line to be the best they can be. Like Olivia, trying to get her parents' approval. She went completely off the rails. My classmate was just trying to teach me a lesson by doing that prank with the textbooks. But when I lost my memory, I realized I overreacted. It's one thing to have a bump, but it's another to lose consciousness and amnesia. Olivia was afraid of getting kicked out of school for that prank, or even go to jail. 
So she first made sure I remembered very little, and then decided to play it safe and take me away to another neighborhood, leaving me alone. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? I don't know what would have happened to me if it hadn't been for that policeman. Even on his day off, he couldn't get past a damsel in distress. Olivia didn't go to jail, but now she has to work with a psychologist all the time. And I'm back to being the best student ever. If you were me, would you forgive Olivia? Be sure to share your thoughts in the comments below this clip. Hi everyone, my name is Caroline, and I was homeless until the moment when billionaires took me to live in their luxurious mansion. Wondering how that happened? Stay tuned! One cold fall evening, I was trying to find money for food. Well, or just food, I didn't care. Ask me how it happened that I became homeless? Well, my parents died a couple of years ago, and I couldn't live in an orphanage because the local kids abused me. At one point, I ran away, figuring the streets would be easier for me. That night, I couldn't find a cent on the street and had already resigned myself to starving. Suddenly, I saw a well-dressed woman on her way to the supermarket. I immediately ran up to her and tried to steal her purse. Believe me, it wasn't my first robbery. The street dictates its own rules. However, at that very minute, some guy was right next to us. He pushed me away. Get lost, tramp, or you'll be in trouble. He threatened me with his fist. I didn't want to confront him and ran away. Well, now I had no food and money. But the next day, I had a surprise. The woman I was trying to steal from found me outside the supermarket, handed me a full bag of food and a warm jacket. Thank you, but why? You're too good to me. I tried to rob you. I had tears of gratitude in my eyes. I know you had to do it because of the way you live. She smiled. What's your name? Caroline. And why are you on the streets at such a young age? I told her the story of my life. The woman wept and promised to help me. I expected her to give me some more warm clothes and a sleeping bag and lots of food. But what happened next didn't just shock me. It killed me. In a good way, don't worry. A woman arrived in a luxury car with her husband. At this time, I was eating a baguette, trying to stretch it out into the evening. Well, that's it, Caroline. You're coming to live with us now, said my savior and smiled. Wh what? I was so shocked. I choked on a piece of baguette. A girl like you shouldn't be living on the streets. We want to adopt you. Is that what you want too? She asked. Of course I said yes. And who wouldn't refuse in my place? On the way, I was modestly silent and terribly worried. And when we arrived, I was speechless. Now I'm going to live in a luxurious mansion, like a real castle. I was incredibly happy. Until I saw the guy defending my new mom. Oh, I forgot all about him. I bet he wouldn't be happy to have me in his house. Who the hell is she? He frowned at me as we got out of the car. Nick, this is your new sister, Caroline. We've decided to adopt her. Are you out of your mind? She's the tramp who tried to rob you, Mom. Nick, I get it, but it's my decision and your father's. We always wanted a second child, but you know yourself that we can't have any more. So get a normal kid from an orphanage. Nick, Caroline lives here now. Accept it said the father sternly. Nick immediately calmed down. His father seemed to be an authority he didn't risk arguing with. The boy muttered something to himself and went into the house, 
slamming the door loudly. Mr. and Mrs. Gilbert showed me my room, which I was absolutely delighted with. A huge bed, my own walk-in closet, lots of new and beautiful things, and a private bathroom. It's like heaven! I couldn't even dream of that. I immediately fell on my bed and cried with happiness. Now I had a home and a family. I'm not alone. But I was having trouble with Nick. I tried to get through to him, but the guy was stubbornly ignoring me. But what pissed Nick off the most was that his best friend had found common ground with me. Brian was a nice young man. He treated me like a regular girl, even though he knew I was from the streets. He helped me study. When my parents hired teachers to homeschool me, he talked to me and even taught me how to play PlayStation. And then one day, I overheard an unpleasant conversation. How can you socialize with that tramp? Nick asked angrily. She's normal. It's your sister. She's not my sister. She's the trash of society. I felt so hurt by those words. I couldn't hold back my tears. I went down to the living room and stared at a picture on the wall for a long time. I really liked the painting. I couldn't help myself, so I went and touched it. If you touch it again, you're out of the house. Nick threatened me when he came in. What? If I find you stole something or invited your tramp friends over, I'm not going to be nice to you. I'll throw you all out. I don't want to steal anything. For the first time, I decided to stand up for myself. I'm not what you think I am. And you'd know that if you weren't such a jerk. We would have kept fighting, but my parents came back. They gave me an expensive phone with a bunch of diamonds on it. Nick just snorted and went back to his room. And I was as happy as a baby. The next day, I decided to take a little walk. It was a beautiful day. I was listening to music on my phone when suddenly I was stopped by some vagrants with whom I used to feud. The thing is, I've always been on my own and a lot of people didn't like it. Seeing me in my new clothes and with a cool new phone like this, the tramps just jumped on me without a word, stealing all my money, phone, and even my new jacket. They did me bad and I sat down on the pavement and cried. How bad I felt. But then help came from somewhere I didn't expect. Nick was there. He helped me up and asked me what happened to me. When he heard about the tramps, he called his friends to deal with my abusers. Honestly, my heart almost stopped when Nick and his friends fought the vagrants. The guys took my stuff back and we ran from the cops, laughing for some reason. Nick, thank you so much. I hugged him. You're the best brother ever. The guy blushed and didn't say anything back, but I wasn't offended because his actions were more eloquent than words. When we got home, mom was shocked to see a battered Nick. He brushed it off and said it was okay. My father, on the other hand, was not happy about it. The thing is, my adoptive parents are billionaires and reputation is very important to them. They were afraid of any scandal so they raised Nick in a strict manner to keep him out of trouble. Nick got very angry when his father told him off, so I decided to console my brother. As it turned out, it pissed Nick off that he lived in a rich family in the first place. You see, money is a weapon to reach some goals, but it's not about happiness. My dad wants me to carry on his business, and I want to be a doctor, and we fight about it all the time. I even felt sorry for Nick, 
Even though I didn't understand him, he had everything since he was a kid, but he doesn't appreciate it because it's not money that matters to him. It's the dream. If he lived in the street, he'd start appreciating everything he has. But then I realized what Nick meant. My father had arranged a business meeting at home with his partners, ordering Nick to attend. I could see that Nick wasn't interested at all. He even got hung up on the phone a few times, for which he received a stern reprimand from father. My father, very cleverly, without descending to insults, humiliated Nick. I felt really bad for my brother. So, I stood up for him. Dad smiled at me and said that I didn't understand anything and that he knew better how to make his son happy and more importantly, rich. Nick was touched that I stood up for him and for the first time, he called me sister and hugged me. Thank you. No one ever stood up for me, he said. I believe in you, Nick. Don't give up. Follow your dreams to the end. But I didn't think my words would have that effect on him. The thing is, that night, Nick ran away from home. He left a note in the living room, saying he'd rather be lonely and poor, but happy and free. My parents immediately pulled all the strings to find my brother, and my heart froze with fear. What if something happened to him? Then it would be all my fault. I was the one who encouraged him to follow his dream. Idiot! My parents couldn't sit still, so they went looking for Nick too. It didn't take us long to find my brother. He was surrounded by a gang of vagrants who wanted to get back at Nick for the last incident. They wanted to attack him in a group. We jumped out of the car right away, scared off all the vagrants and took Nick away. Son, that's not manly. You ran away like a coward. I ran away because I'm sick of you. I don't want to go into business. My goal is to help people and heal them. This argument went on all the way. At one point, Dad got so nervous, he lost control of the car. We hit a pole. Nick hit his head hard on the dashboard. My mom and I got scared. Dad seemed fine. My brother lost consciousness, and mom immediately dialed 911. What kind of misfortune is following us? Luckily, Nick wasn't seriously injured, but we were so scared for him. We cried in the room while they bandaged his head. I'm fine, don't worry. He smiled at us. It must have had some effect on my father and he mellowed. Nick, after all, was allowed to study to be a doctor. He was no longer bogged down with business meetings, which my brother hated so much. But there was another problem. You haven't forgotten about Nick's best friend, Brian, have you? Well, he confessed his feelings to me. I was speechless. I didn't see Brian as a boyfriend. He was a friend to me. Nick, on the other hand, was very concerned. He was against us dating. But why? Brian asked. She's my sister and you're my best friend. This is a bad idea. It wasn't so long ago that you didn't think of her as your sister. A lot has changed, Brian. I'm against it. I don't want her to be in a relationship right now and then suffer through a breakup or a fight. Caroline needs to study. Brian didn't like that. Then I had to get into a dialogue and explain to the guy that I wasn't interested in relationships yet. Brian got upset but didn't insist on anything. Eventually, I got used to the luxurious life, and Nick became not just my brother, but my best friend, with whom I could talk to about anything. I'm glad this family came into my life. It's because of them that everything has changed for the better. Would you like to live in a billionaire family? Write your answers in the comments. I'd be interested to read them. Also, don't forget to share the video with your friends. Bye!